Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fitness Behind the Filter. Today we are here by, with, here by, <laughs> for <laughs> sake man. <laughs> We're here with Nadia Keen, also known as Noz Keen. Um, hello, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, I'm really excited. <laughs> um, could you introduce yourself, tell us a bit about, about who you are and what you do? Um, so my name is Nadia. I'm originally from Ireland. I moved to the UK probably, I think it's nearly 10 years now. I think it was 10 years in September. Um, I'm an online coach. I work specifically with females, particularly girls that want to build muscle, get stronger and also get a bit leaner. Um, it's mainly lifestyle coaching. Um, and I'm also a bodybuilder. I'm competing this year in my first show later on in the year in the figure category. So I'm doing that as well. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. Um, what federation are you planning to do? Um, we're going to be doing PCA and FitX. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I went to see a FitX show on the weekend. Um, I really like them as a federation. They're um, quite new. I think last year was their first shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then PCA. I just, I just love PCA. I love the shows. I think it's good fun there and there's a good vibe. Yeah. Um, are you doing toned or athletic? Athletic. <laughs> Ooh, how exciting. Yeah. I know. I'm shitting myself. I think it's because I've... I've never been like properly lean before, especially not with the muscle that I've got. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what I look like. Like this will be the first time. So every day it's a battle of like, I'm going to be too small, but <laughs> we'll just yeah, see. We'll see how it goes. I've, it's been a long time coming. So hopefully it'll, it'll be enough. <laughs> Are you disclosing when you're, when you're competing or is it a bit of a... No, I haven't. The only reason I haven't, I actually, um, I've talked about this on my YouTube channel. The only reason I haven't is because I, I want to, do this with like a very clear head and I don't I really don't like to get sucked into like other people that are prepping at the same time or like other competitors and stuff like that I just kind of want to focus on what I'm doing and I know if I tell people what show I'm doing they're going to be like almost like I feel like people will be expecting me to look a certain way at a certain number of weeks out or then there'll be questions of like why are you doing this so early or why are you not doing this and also sending the other girls who are doing the same shows. And then I just don't want to get into my head of being like, oh my God, she's better than me. Or, oh my God, I'm not going to place. Because it's not about that. Um, so I don't want to make it about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I think that's yeah. the best thing to do. Like, definitely. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I started disclosing, when I was competing, people would message me like, oh my God, we're doing the same show. And then I'd be looking on their Instagram like, oh God. <laughs> Why am yeah. I doing this show? Yeah, I know. Like, And yeah, like... I know I'm going to make friends on the day and stuff like that. And I think it's nice. Like I know loads of other girls who are competing in the same season that I'm friends with, but just not doing the same shows. Um, But I think it's more like the people you don't know who other people will send you. Like one of my friends, I told him when I was competing and he sent me this girl, she looked fucking sick. And he was like, oh, I think she's doing your show. She might beat you. You know, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, you're on well, don't send me that. Yeah. 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 So I was like, that's it, I'm not telling anyone. I'm just gonna crack on and just see how I get on. And it's also as well, like I've said from the beginning, if I got like through the whole prep, even if I was like six weeks out and I was hating life or didn't enjoy it, then I'd have no qualms about being like, This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like once you like announce like official shows and stuff, it's almost like you feel like you're letting people down and I just don't really want that pressure. I just want to enjoy yeah, it. Definitely. I also think a massive part of that is um like if you want to delay your show and do one a couple of weeks later or whatever, there's not a yeah. whole like, oh, I'm I'm not ready, fucking YouTube video. Like, yeah, I know. I found it, yeah. There has to be a disclaimer and there has to be tea and there just isn't. So yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. It's not a bloody easy life, but at the same time, I'm documenting it to a certain extent with like YouTube and stuff because it's fun. It's fun to watch back on and, and I know people like following it, so. Do you know what? I love even now watching my prep vlogs back sometimes. yeah. Like, yeah it is it's a nice thing to document because you forget all the little things that you have on on camera and like even my highlights on instagram and stuff i'm like oh my god i forgot about that and yeah stuff. yeah it, i've watched all so your nice. highlights oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> i still get messages now people like oh my god just watch your youtube channel i'm like fucking hell, i haven't done that for like four years but, yeah um, yeah okay so obviously you said you moved over um from ireland to the uk 10 years ago um yeah. what what's sort of made that happen um so people always ask me this because I was really young at the time I was only like 18 um I was in uni I did I did like a year in college and then it's different in Ireland like 
we call everything college, but I guess you guys call it uni in the UK. So I did like a year and then I wanted to go and do social work. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a social worker, but I didn't get the points I needed from the course that I did. So I got accepted into business and it's funny now because I own my own business, but <laughs> they're completely different things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got accepted and I hated it. Um, so I just basically used the year to drink and have fun with my friends and go out loads. Didn't go to any of my lectures. I don't think I even really gave it a chance, to be honest. Um, and then I moved home for the summer and I'm from a really small town in the middle of nowhere. And I didn't have a job. So I, and if I wanted to get a job, I'd have to rely on my mom to drive me around because I didn't have a car. Um, and I just, I was just like, I'm just going to move to London. Like, fuck it. One day I was like, I'll just move. It's public transport there. I can get a better job and like earn money and save, save up and then come home when I have enough money for a car. That was my initial thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately when I left, I was just really unhappy. I was really unhappy. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I just, I just wanted to get out of there, to be honest. I didn't want to like live in a small town where everyone knew me. I kind of wanted to just start like a new life and be my own person and just see what I could do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, moved over. I think I only had about 600 pounds to my name. Didn't know anyone in the country. Um, and I just moved into this like little box room above a pub and I didn't even have a job. I remember I got on the bus in Croydon. I was in Thornton Heath in Croydon. Um, got on the bus and just asked the bus driver, like, I need to find a job center. Like, and he was like, yeah, you just sit there. I'll, I'll let you know when to get off. That was how I got around. Cause I didn't have like an iPhone or maps or anything. So like navigating around back then was fucking a nightmare. Even now, I don't know how the fuck I did it. That's um, mad. Yeah. But yeah, started there, started working in pubs and then eventually moved into healthcare. And then I ended up just staying. Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. So how did you make, make friends through um, work? Yeah, through work. To be honest, I, that was one thing that I really struggled with was because when I was back home, I was a, I'm a very social person. I still am now. Um, and when I first started working in pubs, it was really easy because I met loads of people and stuff. Was when I progressed to the healthcare side of things, I ended up being um, um, a healthcare assistant working in a company where we looked after ventilated children. So it was basically home healthcare. So I used to go to these children's houses and do night shifts and it was one-on-one work. Mm -hmm. So for the three years that I was there, I made like no friends and I'd lost touch with the friends that I had because they all moved away, the ones that I met initially. So for a long time, I was quite isolated doing that job. Um, And that was one of the reasons why I moved into working in fitness because I wanted to be I wanted to help people, but in a more social sense as well. Um, did you so, yeah. feel? Did you feel lonely, or were you just alone? No, I think I definitely felt. I felt lonely, mm. but I think it was because I was alone all of the time, um, and I think it wasn't even like, I, like I'm. I was quite happy. I feel like I'm quite happy in my own company now, but back then I don't think I was. Um, and I think as well, it's different, isn't it? When you spend time by yourself by choice versus when you're spending time on your own because you have to be, because 100%. you don't have anyone around. So, you know, when people say things like, oh yeah, I don't get why people don't like to be on their own. I love being on my own. And it's like, yeah, because you're on your own by choice. Mm-hmm. If you're on your own because you don't have anyone else, that's a completely different feeling. So yeah, I was definitely lonely during those years. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's literally so true, actually. Like, it, it's that control element, isn't it? Like, being yeah. able to choose whether you want people around you or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said that one of the reasons that, was that you moved to the UK was because you were so unhappy. Do you feel yeah. like moving to the UK actually made you happier? No, I don't think that act of moving made me happier. I think I had the exact same problems in the UK that I had in Ireland. I just were having... I was having them in a different country. Mm. But I think moving... And being completely on my own, not having family to rely on, not having all my old school friends or any of that stuff, that made me fix the things that I was unhappy with because I had to, to get by. Mm, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think like, it's a very typical thing that you think that doing something is going to 
make you happier. It's a bit like, obviously you must see it with clients as well. Like when I get to X weight or when I do this or when I do that, and it's like, actually like your happiness is so intrinsic. Unless yeah. you recognize that you're never going to be able to move forward. Yeah. Um, can you touch on the sort of things that were making you so unhappy within yourself? Um, yeah, a lot of things. I think, um, I mean, we've discussed this anyway, but like, um, it wasn't until like later on in my life when I started going to therapy that I, I really got to find out what the things were that, that were making me unhappy mm-hmm. because, you know, I had a really great family life in Ireland. Like I've got a mom and a stepdad that I love. I've got two sisters and a brother that I'm really close with. I had friends, but I was a very like angry kid. I've always felt like people were against me. I didn't trust anyone, like not even my friends. Um, I just, I always had this feeling that like I was the one that nobody liked and I grew up with that feeling. Um, and it wasn't until I, I went to therapy later on, it, it all really stemmed back to being a kid. And um, my mom and dad separated when I was really young. Um, and me and my dad do not have any relationship at all. Um, and I think a lot of it stemmed from that. He didn't accept me as a child, basically. Like we had a relationship in the sense that um, twice a year, I would fly over with my sister to go and see him. And we'd spend two weeks with him in the Easter, two weeks with him in the summer. But he used to always like, put, he put my sister on a pedestal and I was basically like the bad kid. Didn't matter what I did, I was always a bad kid. So like my sister would get um, like, presents and shit and I wouldn't and it would be like oh it's because like you're just not as good as your sister stuff like that and that was from like the age of like six until 12 that I used to experience that so I think that was what made me feel so shit about myself all the time because like a a parent ingrained that in me but it wasn't until I went to therapy that I realized that that was why I felt all of those things because of how I'd been conditioned and that's what made me unhappy it didn't matter what else was going on because ultimately I never felt like I was like good enough I guess I think that's what made me so miserable when I was younger Um, and that's what kind of prevented me from having better relationships when I was younger like with other people with friends and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so yeah very deep that but yeah (laughs) do you feel like your sister had any like repercussions from that I mean I know you he obviously treated her differently but yeah yeah I think yeah so it's funny my sister it, me and my sister are really close uh, we're very different she's quite like hard and I'm quite an emotional person she's not as emotional as me um it affected her in a very different way it affected her from a sense that she felt guilty um yeah. but yeah I, I'd say to a certain extent yeah it probably did affect her as well but she's actually the one who decided to cut ties with him it wasn't even me, it was her because of the, the way that the relationship was. She, eventually she was just like, no, I'm not speaking to you anymore because of this. Um, so yeah, I was, I was probably more dependent on that relationship than she was. She just like detached herself from it and just wasn't really asked. <laughs> and did you do that at the same time? Um, no, I remember being really angry with her for doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the time, I think we were maybe like 13, 14. And I remember being like, no, like, I still want to speak to him, blah, blah, blah. I just, I just constantly wanted him to, like, accept me mm. and, like, love me as much as my sister. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was really mad at her for that. But later on, I thanked her for it. Yeah, because you see that it was, like, beneficial for you. And I think that's, that's so typical, isn't it, with, like, a parent situation. You feel like you have to earn their like love and their their like appreciation and all of that sort of stuff yeah. and you want to be accepted by them don't you so you, you kind of like chase it if it's not there already yeah yeah um so when did you get into training were you training um, before you left Ireland no so if you knew me when I lived in Ireland like I'd say anyone from back home who sees what I'm doing now probably thinking what the fuck <laughs> because like I was that girl who skipped PE every single week like I'd make up sometimes I would go in there and just sit on the floor and be like I'm just not doing it (laughs) make me (laughs) make me run (laughs) yeah I hated it I hate I think the thing that I hated about PE and sports when I was younger was the fact that it never felt inclusive it felt like you had to be really great at it otherwise it wasn't enjoyable it was only enjoyable for the kids who were good at it so I just never wanted to take part Mm -hmm. um so when I moved to the UK, 
I was, I was just really uncomfortable with how I looked and stuff. I was, I was never really like overweight. I would say, I think I just was never like the slim girl, do you know? Um, and I think most of it was to just do with confidence, how I felt about myself. Um, but I just remember one day being like, okay, I'm, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change all of it. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to teach myself how to cook because I did not know how to cook. Um, I lived off like chicken and soy sauce when I was in college. Grim. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was like going to change my whole life. So that was probably like eight years ago. Um, so yeah, I, and I was in a relationship at the time. Um, and we started going to the gym together. And then I just got really into it, uh, doing loads of cardio not really weight training. I remember I used to run 10k a day every day for like oh six months. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that yeah, I got, yeah. I got down to like I think I was 52 kilos at my lightest, and just to compare that, I'm like 75, 76 now. So yeah, I was pretty small, but I had like no muscle on my body. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. Um, so when when did you get into like the weight side of things then? if you were a cardio bunny from the start um so i was probably going to the gym maybe like six months or so um and i just i just wanted to be strong um i just remember going in and being like i don't i don't want to feel like weak and i don't want to be skinny i just i want to be strong and i think when i first started weight training i just i loved the fact that you could you were in full control of, of that. Like you were in full control of being strong and it was like a completely one person job. Like nobody can help you get there. Nobody can help you do that. You've got to do it on your own. Um, so I think that was what I liked about it. I liked that it was an individual thing. Did you have a personal trainer or anything? Like how did you learn how to do it? No, um, I didn't. I had, I did have a personal trainer, um, for a little while. I think we only did like four or five sessions, but that was for kickboxing, which I also did, um, like sporadically for a while when I first moved here. Um, but no, I never had like a PT for weight or anything like that. I just researched everything. And then I did a PT course and just did all my own study off of that. And like, you know, you're probably in a similar situation to me. Like when you first get into fitness, you, you're obsessed with it. Mm. And you just do loads of research on all these different things. So I remember like, I would literally Google, like, how can I get really strong in a deadlift? And then I would just go and try those things and see if they worked. And then if they didn't, I'd go back and find something else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you say that you liked being in full control of things. Did you feel like you weren't in full control of your life outside of the gym? Is that why you sought control elsewhere? Um, yeah. So when, um, when I first moved here, I was in like, I was in a relationship that was just very toxic. Um, I'd never had a boyfriend or anything before moving to the UK. So that would have been my first like proper relationship. Um, and yeah, it just wasn't, I don't, I don't really like talk about it or like touch on it. And I've never actually talked about it before. The, only the people that are very close to me, like close friends and family know what situation I was in and stuff. But it, yeah, it was very, it was very bad mentally for me. Um, that relationship and I think I used the gym initially as a way to get out of the house just to not be at home mm -hmm. um, and then once I started weight training and I got a bit stronger I think I just grew in confidence and I realized that I was I was strong and I was able to do all these things and then I ended up leaving that relationship and I think that was probably down to finding weight training and being strong so do you think like you're being physically strong translated into like mental strength as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think when you build your body up, you, you're also building your, your mental strength alongside that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, it, I think weight training is beneficial for loads of different reasons, but I think the mental strength that I got off the back of that was a huge positive for me. Mm. I think resilience is another thing that you learn massively um, yeah. and to, like get comfortable being uncomfortable and all of those sorts of things. Which yeah, one thing that's synonymous with growth. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking about this with my boyfriend the other day. I was saying like, when you when you learn how to train like to failure, I was like, it's almost like you have to like retrain your brain that like that that soreness that you feel like that lactic acid that like basically you have to trick your brain to be like when you feel that pain, that's when you have to push more. Like because normally if you feel pain, that's like your brain's going to signal you to stop. So it's almost like you have to train your mind to like not be afraid of that feeling. 
Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. Um, so do you feel like you gained a somewhat unhealthy relationship with training at all in terms of like using it as, I guess, your therapy to a certain extent? Um, no, I think initially when I was going to the gym and I was running loads and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Then, um, I was using it as a way to like escape, but I hated it. Mm. I think that's where the difference was when I was running loads and doing loads of cardio. I didn't enjoy it, but I also didn't enjoy being at home in a shitty situation. So Mm. it was like one over the other. Yeah. Um, and then once I started weight training, I think, because I loved it so much and I loved how it made me feel. I think I ended up having a very good relationship with training. Um, I probably didn't take as many rest days as I should have initially when I first started weight training, Mm. Uh, but you live and you learn. I definitely picked that up over time. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I know that you went to therapy. Um, How long after starting training slash leaving that relationship did you seek therapy? Um, probably it was maybe like six months after I ended that relationship. Mm. Um, when that relationship ended, that was probably the lowest point of my life. I would say, um, I'd been like, like I said, severely overtraining initially for maybe like the six months or eight months prior to that relationship ending. And only really found weight training maybe the last couple of months. Um, So before that, it was just loads of cardio. I was hardly eating. I remember eating like 800, 900 calories a day at that time. Um, Yeah, yeah, tracking. I remember it being like, if if I could go to bed on like 700 calories, I would have been buzzing back then. That was, we're talking like eight years ago. Yeah. Um, So that, that was definitely, that period of time was definitely to just to get out of the situation I was in I think that I think that was my way of dealing with the anxieties that I had at the time um but I didn't realize that until I went to therapy but yeah I left that situation and then maybe like six months or nine months later on um that was when I started therapy so when you left that relationship did you find you at more or was that when you were started eating the 700 calories no no I when I was eating like low food, that was probably for like six months or so um, that it got quite bad. Um, and then once that ended, I, it was almost like once that relationship ended, I felt really free. Mm. It was like I felt so free. And then I remember for maybe like six months after I was massively overeating. Um, and that lasted for maybe like six months. And that was when I went to therapy initially okay. because of that, because I was like, I felt like I'd lost all control. Um, so yeah, that was when I went to therapy then, but, um, went to therapy for a bit and then it just kind of like, I sort of settled and then I found like a really good spot with everything. And then I just sort of went from there. So I know prior to like pressing record, we said that like, whilst you went to therapy for your relationship with food, mm-hmm. you found so much more out than that. Um, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I'm like a huge advocate for therapy I think that every single person in this world would benefit from therapy I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't benefit from that because I don't think people realize how like one little thing that someone said to you when you were eight years old could stay in the back of your mind for years and years and it could be the reason why you act out in a certain way or why you say certain things or why certain situations make you feel a certain way and it's not until you go to therapy that you realize those things. Um, so when I went to therapy, I found out an awful lot about like why I was unhappy, why I stayed in that relationship for such a long time when I was so unhappy in it. Um, and yeah, a lot of it boiled, boiled down to like when I was a kid growing up, having um, like a crap relationship with my dad mm-hmm. and not, not feeling accepted there. So that was a big part of it. Um, and then also that relationship. So although I went there initially because I had dieted so hard and then almost like rebounded so hard after that diet, that was why I went to therapy. I didn't know at the time that I was going to therapy because I was so miserable. I just went because I didn't know what else to do. And I felt like I'd lost control of myself. Um, but yeah, it, it came down to all these other things and just constantly being made to feel like not good enough, I guess. Mm. Um, so yeah, we talked through loads of different stuff. And I think 
once I went to therapy, that was when everything in my life just got better. Like every year I improved, I think as a person, every year I understood my own, my own mind and my own thoughts a little bit better. Um, and it's because of the things that I learned there. And like, I'd also like to say, like, just because you go to therapy, doesn't mean that you're broken in any way. It doesn't mean anything negative. It's actually a really, really positive thing. Everyone's got shit, everyone. And I would really, I would, I would doubt anyone who said that they didn't have any problems um, because I just don't believe that that's how life is. Um, but yeah, I think I learned an awful lot about myself and it's made me the person that I am today. All those negative experiences, although they were shit and like it would have been great if they didn't happen, but I wouldn't be who I am today if none of those things happened and I didn't have to deal with it in the way that I did. Yeah, I think that's such a good point about therapy. I think even if you're not in a bad place, I think therapy is so good for so many people because like I said, you if you start in a bad place, you'll get to a good place. But if you start therapy in a good place, you'll get to a great place. And I think yeah. like, it's, it's very American, isn't it? Like, in Amer- like everyone in America has a therapist. Yeah. We, like people in England used to look at it and be like, oh my God, that's so weird. But I think we're slowly yeah. getting to the point where we're starting to accept that way of life because yeah. you see how it helps you in so many other aspects. And like you've said, like just opening up about one thing, you then understand where it all stems from. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure you even like touched on the fact that, you know, part of your reason for like having such a restrictive diet was again, so that you felt accepted and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. So you could look a certain way and get approval that way. Yeah. Um, what would you say your biggest takeaway was in terms of like wisdom you gained from therapy? Like one thing you kind of tell, tell yourself. Um. I think, um, oh, there's, there's probably, there's loads. It's really hard to like think of the main thing. Um, I think one of the, the biggest things that I took away from it was that you, if you want to be happy, you really have to accept the, the person that you are um, and be happy with yourself before you can be happy with another person. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the main things. I spent quite a long time like not in a relationship Um, because I wanted to really, I really wanted to focus on that. I wanted to focus on being really, really happy on my own. Um, And it takes time to figure out what it is that will make you happy. Um, And I think that was one of the main things I took away from it. Um, And then as well, I guess that like, nothing really matters. (laughs) Like in the grand scheme of things, nothing really matters. Um, The only things that matter is, you know, your health and your health, your happiness and your family, like your family and your friends. Mm -hmm. As long as people around you are healthy and happy, all the other things that we stress and worry about day to day are so, so unimportant. Like if you're not like, she, I remember one of the therapists I had, she used to say like the things that you stress about, do you think in a month that you'll stress about them? And I'll be like, well, probably not. She's like, well, you shouldn't like waste any more time on it. If you're not going to worry about it in a month or in a week, then don't worry about it today. You know? Yeah. That's, that's so good. Do you find that you're very much in control of things like anxiety now? I know you mentioned previously that you felt yeah. like your anxiety had control of you. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, to a large extent. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where you can't really control if one thing is going to trigger anxiety or anxious feelings. Um, I think that that's very much a subconscious thing. I don't think it's something that you can control, but Dealing with them, yes, 100%. One of the main things that I learned in therapy was that anxiety has a peak. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what the anxious situation is, it could be anything. Um, but anxiety always like hits a peak and then it drops. If you can learn how to sit through the peak, it will almost always drop off. Um, and usually it takes between 10 to 15 minutes. Um, and that's just something that I learned in therapy. And it, and it does. Like If you feel really, really anxious about something, you have to acknowledge it, sit with it it's really hard to do but once you learn how to do that you sort of get anxiety less and less and less because the peaks don't end up being as bad it's almost like you can sort of um teach your body how to cope with that feeling and then it doesn't feel as bad although it might still be there it doesn't feel as extreme does that make sense 100 percent. yeah yeah that's yeah that's a massive like part of if someone who has never had therapy before, the aim of therapy essentially, whether when you comes to anxiety, is to teach you why it's happening and how it's happening, 
so that you can understand it. Because like you've said, um, you're always going to get anxiety. There's always going to be anxiety inducing situations. Um, I remember the first time I ever had therapy, they were like, what do you want to get out of this? And I was like, I I don't want to be anxious anymore. And they were like, well, that's not going to happen. Like there's always going to be anxiety there, but it's not going to be as like fear invoking because you're going to understand what it is, why it happens and how you're going to get over it. Um, So yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really, really good one. Um, So do you think it, it affected your like, following relationships in any way like you, um, how you how you felt like your toxic relationship played out yeah I think I had I had one more relationship long term after that um, and I think it definitely did affect that relationship because I don't think I was ready to be in a relationship then um just from a sense of like I just I had no confidence in myself at all in that relationship and because of that I just wasn't very happy. I don't think I was a very nice person to be with, to be honest. We had a happy relationship and we ended on great terms and we were still friends for a long time. Um, But ultimately I ended that relationship because I wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it didn't really like negatively impact the relationship in a sense, but the relationship just would never go anywhere because I wasn't in a a place where I was ready for that. Um, so yeah, but I think I was really happy that I recognized that and was able to end the relationship because that was one of the best things that I did to be alone for that length of time. Um, so yeah, and then um, when I did decide, okay, look, I'm ready to be in a relationship, I think it just ended up being the wrong relationship for me, which you can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I think because of all the work I'd done on, in my life prior, didn't affect me to an extent. I think I was so afraid of getting into a relationship and like, being fucked over or getting dumped that I'd be in it like a shit way after but I really wasn't like I, maybe for like a, a few days or a week I might have cried but I was fine <laughs> yeah do you know what that's one of the so that's when we first started talking on Instagram because we were both going through a very similar situation at the same time yeah. um and I was so in awe of how you were handling it um, <laughs> because yeah I remember like the first few days you were like obviously devastated and then like day three I was like how are you feeling you were like yeah I'm good <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> oh my god yeah why do you yeah. think, do you think like in hindsight it's because you didn't have like as many feelings as you thought you had or do you think you your sense of self-worth was just too high to like deal with that shit or or what do you how do you think that that happened I think it's a combination of things I think um I think I created an idea in my head of what the relationship was like and then when I when I was forced to take a step back um i.e he fucking dumped me (laughs) (laughs) then I was able to like actually look at the situation and I was like hang on a minute this guy did me a favor I actually wasn't happy he didn't speak to me properly and whenever I pulled him up on a kickoff and like stuff like that and then because of that it literally took me a couple of days to be like no hang on a minute that's not the shit that I want to be with. I don't want that. Like I'm fucking buzzing. So then I just booked a ticket to Manchester for like, I think like 10 days after. And I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going away with my friends, going to have fun. Um, but yeah, it was fine. And I think, yeah, it was a mix of like, the relationship wasn't right anyway. So I wasn't really asked. And um, I genuinely thought like, I'm too good for that shit. I think at, at that point in my life, and even now, I have too much respect for myself to let someone talk to me like shit or do something that's really shit. Once they do that, they're dead to me. Like yeah. I don't have any feelings anymore. It's, it's easier for me to cut them off when they've done something so shit because I just think, well, you're not worth my time anyway. Um, and also there's fucking plenty more fish in the sea. There is, that, that is very true. And we'll get onto that in a second. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just want to ask why, why do you think you did put up with it temporarily? Um, he left you right like you didn't leave him as a result of him speaking to you like that etc no so the thing is I I was speaking to one of um my friends who um he was also one of his friends a few days before he dumped me and I remember saying like I was gonna I was gonna break up with him because of the way he was acting he just basically beat me to it um but um to be honest, I don't know. It was a very short relationship. It was like three, four months. And I think the reason I stuck around was because um, it was only like two or three weeks that it was shit. Mm, like the first, oh, okay. two, yeah, the first, however long it was, it was like ideal. 
everything was really great everything was really nice everything was really fun and then it was the last few weeks when he started being off obviously when he had started speaking to another woman then it changed so Mm -hmm. at that point that was when I was like "Mm, no I'm not feeling this um and I think we had a few discussions about it and then and then we we ended up breaking up um but I really don't think I would have stayed in it for much longer Mm -hmm. I really don't Okay, that's a good thing that you recognize yeah. that, like from a yeah. And then you met your current boyfriend. Yes, I did pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you feel like you were ready to jump straight back into a relationship? Like, no, not at all. I'll be honest. Um, I so I booked a week in Manchester to go and be with one of my friends. We were just gonna like go to the Fit Expo and like do all this fun stuff. And he had messaged me on Instagram and I was talking to him. And I remember saying to one of my friends, I am not dating. I do not want to date. I just want to live my best life and have hot girl summer. Um, but I met up with him and I genuinely, I've, I've never met anyone in my life like Christy. And I've never clicked with someone the way that I did with him when we met. And it was like, we, it was like we, I'd known him my whole life and we were like best friends straight away. And I remember saying to one of my friends, like I messaged her, I think we we met on like a Tuesday and basically I never left. I ended up moving up here. I didn't leave at all. <laughs> so I stayed up here from the day we met. Um, and I remember messaging her like a week after or something or like four days after I'd met him being like, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm being ridiculous, but I don't fucking care. I was like, it doesn't matter. Like I was being, I was trying to be sensible, but at the same time I was like, you know, you should go with your gut instinct and if it feels right it feels right and also I was like you know what? I trust myself and I trust my instinct and I know that if this didn't work out I'd be okay mm. so what's the harm so I think that's how I approached it and yeah it, luckily it worked out for the best so far <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been together now um nine months going on ten months yeah oh my gosh and that's yeah. mad that you moved straight up here when you know yeah you I know right yeah, so um, he, he had some time off work for like summer um, and I was up here for a week and then I had FitX in Liverpool. So I went Manchester to Liverpool and he lives on the world. Um, and I remember him being like, oh, you can, like, you can stay as long as you want. And in my head, I was thinking, there's got to be something wrong with him. Like, why does he want me around so much? Yeah. Um, and then I ended up going back to Southampton and he was like, oh, I'll, I'll give you a lift home. And I was like, give me a lift home. It's like a five and a half hour drive. Yeah. You know, just drop me off and then drive back. So I was like, well, he's obviously going to stay. And then he stayed in Southampton for a couple of weeks. And then he had to come back up for a photo shoot. So he was like, oh, just come back with me. So that's how it ended up being like, I, went, I came back up the two weeks after. And then I think I was, I was here maybe three weeks. And he was like, do you want to just move in? And I was like, yeah, I'll go on then. So <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. mad, isn't it? I know. Yeah, it is pretty mental, to be fair. <laughs> do you think that your relationship prior... Um, to this one that was like you know relatively like short succession do you think it taught you anything like in terms of like opening you up or like closing you off to things um no and I think I remember speaking to you about this around that time I remember you saying this to me um I'm and we were saying how like I never want to let a negative experience with another person change the person that I am I will always be an emotional open wear my heart on my sleeve person because that's who I am and that's what makes me nice that's what makes me lovely Mm -hmm. you know that's how I create friendships and bonds and that's why I get along so well with people because I am how I am Mm -hmm. and I think that relationship it had the potential to make me close myself off to someone like Christy so and I remember saying to you like I'm never gonna change how I am I'm always gonna be like this I'm, I'm always gonna give people the benefit of the doubt it doesn't matter how many times you get burned in the process because you're never going to meet people if that's how you're going to be. Mm. And yeah, I do think that you should be careful with who you let in to a certain extent, you know, make sure people are there for the right reasons, but you can never truly know until you let that person in. That's just a risk you've got to take. You have to be strong enough as an individual to know that if it doesn't work out or if you do get burned, that you can pick yourself up. And that's why you have to have a really good relationship with yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And like I said, I had the same conversation as well with one of my friends. And I was like, at the end of the day, like, because she was like, you need to be more careful. Like, you always get fucked over because you're always so nice and you give 
like people too much too quick yeah. blah 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 and I was like yeah, but I'll never give the right person too much too quickly like why should I change who I am yeah just in case like yeah. it, it's just yeah I think that's so important um yeah. and like you say otherwise you would have closed yourself off to someone like Christy who's yeah more or less changed your life I'm sure yeah um, yeah Literally, yeah. Um, so when it comes to, I saw a post um, that he did, which was obviously just delightful. He <laughs> the most wonderful things to say about you. Um, okay. And he said something along the lines of, and forgive me if I've said this wrong, that you had to put your business on the back seat when it came to helping him. Yeah. Um, yeah. How- so- Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, no, you go. Um, yeah, so when I first met Christy, he was going through quite a messy divorce. Um, so that was quite a difficult time for him, I think. I mean, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he says that I put my business on the back seat, it was because before I met Christy, I used to run like um, quarterly eight-week programs. Um, and like I do a lot more like challenges and stuff like that. Like I, it's called the eight week kickstart. And I was planning to run one around the time that I'd met him. Um, and, and I just didn't. And to be honest, I didn't, I didn't push to grow my business during that time. Like I didn't take on any more clients or anything like that because I didn't, I didn't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say to him, like, I didn't sacrifice anything to help him because I I was really happy with the with my workload at that point and that was my choice to choose to keep my business how it is and spend time more time with him mm-hmm. and that was the decision that I made and I was really happy with that I've done the whole work 24/7 thing and it's not for me and the way I see it as long as the clients that I have are happy then I don't I'm not like obsessed with constantly growing it and I know you see it all the time like there are coaches who have like hundreds of clients and like they fly off to Dubai and you know they do this that and the other and they have designed this and a big house and a nice car I have no interest in any of that shit I have no interest in earning six figures I really don't um I'm happy coaching a group of girls that I really like and get on with um and making enough money to live on and like have a comfortable life. And by that, I mean, don't worry for anything, but I by no means want to like continue to grow it at one point. That is what I thought I wanted. Um, but it's just, it just isn't anymore because I've done it. I've tried it. I didn't like working that much. It took away from my social life, took away from my friendships and it wasn't worth it to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like there's such a fine line and it's different for everyone. And I also think it's different on depending on what kind of coaching you do. And like when you are coaching lifestyle clients, a lot of it is quote unquote easier than prep coaching in in terms of what's required of you. But the emotional side of it is just so different and so intense. And I say to people, I'm like, I could never have a hundred clients because I know everything about their lives. I yeah. and I and I would get to the point where I wouldn't understand or would be like, wait, what's going on in your life? And I and I yeah. feel like my quality of service would drop. Yeah. So yeah. do you have a cap now for your clients? Yeah, the maximum that I'll take is fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is a max. Um, I've at one point had well over ninety clients, and I was working every single hour of every day, and I wasn't even having time to train and stuff. And while I loved the fact that I could help as many people as possible um, to, like you said, to maintain the, the service that I was happy with and a standard that I was happy with, it would have required me to literally not sleep. Mm-hmm. So um, what, as you know, like clients leave and then some join, I got to a point where a lot um, clients were leaving and I just wasn't trying to fill the, the spaces. I was just like, no, I'm just not going to fill them. I'm just going to mm-hmm. let people go. And then, um, now I just sort of do it where like it's one in one out type thing and I'm really really enjoying doing it like that yeah. um, I'm really happy I know all the girls personally um, they all know each other as well which is really nice um, and also like I, I feel like I can I can almost be like more specific about who I work with as well because I'm not just taking on anyone so it means that I can like really focus on honing in on the things that I like doing as a coach which is like helping girls grow muscle 
um, and like body recomp and stuff like that, which I really like. I like getting girls who've never done a growing phase before and helping put them through that and then dieting them just to show them the muscle that they've grown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love doing um, like a complete lifestyle overhaul as well. Those would probably be the two main things that I like to focus on. I'm not like, I'm not really obsessed with like um, dieting people really. I want to like teach them how to train and teach them how to eat properly and fuel their bodies right and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I'm able to focus on that more now that I have a smaller client base rather than when I had a huge client base. <laughs> do you think a lot of your desire to do that, you know, like get people strong and lifestyle overhaul is because it's what you went through personally? Yeah, 100%. I think that um, I think that a lot of women would really benefit from doing a period of time where they put as much food in as they can in a nice structured manner, get really strong, completely eliminate their appetite and just grow and focus on growing and focus on building their confidence in the gym. I think anyone could benefit from that. And all of the girls that I've coached that have gone through growing phases um, have found that you know, they don't put on weight the same way. So when they do gain weight, they actually still feel great because they've got that muscle underneath. So they feel better year round, mm -hmm. no matter what. They have the ability to enjoy social occasions or stressing about food. Um, and they, they generally feel like, just like boss bitches, which is fucking great. That's yeah. how I feel when I train as well. Yeah. And yeah. And that's so important. And I think that's what's so rewarding is seeing people be so comfortable and confident in who they are yeah people yeah so you're you're happy with where your business is you don't feel like there's a need to sort of grow it or anything like that no um I want Christy's coaching me now for um my prep um and he's very very good so I want to get him on board to um just sort of like integrate him into the business because I think he adds something that I don't have which is the experience in getting people leaner to a a bigger scale like prep was these prep people before and photo shoot diets um so yeah i want to get him on board to sort of um help to progress it in that sense in terms of like getting clients um like photo shoot lean and stuff so we're working on something together which i think will be good i also want to help him to like get more involved in it because he's really passionate about it um, but he doesn't do full-time coaching at the moment. He works, um, he's an engineer. <laughs> okay. I was going to yeah. ask what he does. Yeah, he's a full-time mechanical engineer. Um, so yeah, um, I think it would be really fun for us to do together, like a fun project. And we want to, we basically want to run a photo shoot challenge, um, give some cool prizes at the end and have like a really cool um, photo shoot at the end for the um, the clients. So yeah, that's something fun that we're going to be working on. Um but again, small numbers, not like a huge intake of people, um, maybe max like 20 people, I think we'd probably want to take on, which is really not a big amount. Um, but other than that, no, I'm happy with where I'm at with all the girls and I'm just going to continue to run it on a one in one out system. Um, and yeah, hopefully I can continue to do this for as, as long as possible. Yeah, nice. Um, my final question is obviously moving you went from London to Southampton and then Southampton yeah. up to, you, you say at the Wirral now? Yeah. How do you feel that, obviously I know you had friends in Southampton. Yeah. How do you feel like you found that transition away from friends again? Because it's almost like Ireland, but 10 years later, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So it feels very different. I think because when I first moved here, I think I was very lonely anyway. Um, even when I did have friends. Um, and I don't know, I think it's different because of the job that I'm doing as well. I'm talking to women all day, every day. So I think when the end of the day comes and I'm finished work, I'm pretty spent socially. Um, and then also because I've got Christy, I'm not, never really alone because we live together. Um, but in terms of making friends, I've been quite lucky because I've made friends with um, quite a few people up here. Um, so we go and train sometimes with them and um, they're also Christie's friends as well um, and I've met a couple of really nice girls so I've been really lucky but it was hard to leave Southampton obviously my best friend's down there um, but I speak to her every day and we voice note every day so I think as long as you can maintain communication with people I'm also a lot better at like messaging people back now and like ringing people as well. Like if I'm lonely, I have no issue about like calling my mom, which I never used to do before. I used to just wallow and sit in my own loneliness and feel sorry for myself, but I don't do that now. Um, 
so yeah I think I've transitioned fine but I also think because I'm busy with work and stuff and I have a, I'm in a happy relationship and happier myself it feels different and I know if I want to I could get on a train tomorrow and go to Southampton and stay with Hannah for a day or get a hotel and like visit my friends I could go down south for a couple of days and it wouldn't be an issue um, and luckily I'm in a relationship where I have I can you know I have the ability to do that and Christy would be really happy for me if I did so I think knowing that I can do that means that I can be really happy now wherever I am you know yeah definitely I think that goes back to what we were saying before it's that whole like that choice of yeah. being alone versus being forced to be on your own as such yeah. I know you're not alone because obviously you live with Christy and stuff but just in terms of like who you have around you and things like that you can dip in and out of those things yeah yeah I think when you're on prep as well like you're just I mean I know me at the moment my time is like very blocked up do you know what I mean it's like I wake up I've got this to do then this then this then this and it's pretty much like that all day every day at the moment it's very structured um so I think until prep's over I'm literally going to spend like most of my days just doing the same thing anyway (laughs) yeah there's no time to do other things no it really isn't yeah by the time you finish work and like got steps in and done cardio and done training yeah it's I know I was saying to Chris the other day I was like I don't even I don't have time to like fucking prep your meals anymore you're gonna have to do them because I just don't have the time <laughs> like just can't just don't yeah. have to, I was like I don't have time to do all the other things that I used to like do do you know what I mean like the extra shit yeah. I can just do my own shit and that's it yeah 100 yeah. percent. is Chrissy planning to compete this year as well or not yeah he is he's gonna do we're actually gonna do one of the shows together nice yeah oh, so that'd I'm excited. Be so fun I know he hasn't started his prep yet. He keeps saying he's going to, but he fucking, he ate a Nando's and a kebab at the weekend. So <laughs> I'm hoping it'll start soon because I might have to kill him. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Guys can get ready in like 12 weeks. Last year he did an eight week prep. Oh, madness. I know. Yeah. So he was like this year, he was like, no, I'm going to prep with you. I'm going to do a longer prep and I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to do it long. Um, but he hasn't started yet. He's just trying to sort himself out because he's been out of routine. Yeah. Um, the thing that I love about Christy is he, he's very similar to me when it comes to bodybuilding. Like I, I know like when you're on a prep and stuff, everything's like really, really strict, but he's the same as me. Like when you're in your off season and you're growing, we, we didn't have any like structure at all. I wasn't on like a, a strict meal plan or anything. I just ate, just ate how I felt, like ate when I was hungry, made sure I hit my protein and stuff, but like I was very, very free with it. And that's how he is. I think if you're, if you want to be a, a good bodybuilder, you have to learn to like take your foot off the gas as well. And I yeah. think you have to have some normality with things. Um, so yeah, he's just trying to get, find his feet with meal plan and stuff. And then he'll be joining me. Um, but he's still, easing out of the off season eating whatever he wants <laughs> which i cannot wait to get back to <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs> well thank you so much for your time today i really appreciate it um and best of luck with the rest of your prep thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed it good i'm glad speak to you soon bye